Now, today we are in part two of our message series called Solomon Says. And this series is based upon the book of Proverbs, which is 31 chapters. And on our spiritual growth challenge, which you can uh, look at in the comment section or uh, if you're online or uh, get the paper copy here on site, uh, we are challenging everyone to go through the book of Proverbs during the month of June. And so today is June 18th. You should be on chapter 18. If you're not, don't worry. You can start there and then work through June. We know there's only 30 days there. Just do two on the last day, 30 and 31. There you go. Uh, so I did take math, uh, I think. But anyways, um, and then in July, just go through 1 through 17. And so it's an awesome book, all the wisdom uh, and during this series that we are doing. But Jake last week did an amazing job of kicking off this series for us. And he reminded us of this game that we used to play called Simon Says, and he related it to life. And the premise of the game, I think we all know it, but if not, uh, the, in order to like win, you must do two things really well. You must listen carefully and you must follow exactly. And that's a lot like life. You know, there's certain things that we do that have to be done a certain way. And then there are things that we do that will lead in the wrong way as well. Um, and so where do we get our instructions? And so in this series, King Solomon came to a point where he ascended the throne at the young age of 20 and he needed help. And he called out to God and he asked God for help. And God said, hey, what would you like me to do? And King Solomon said, hey, would you give me wisdom? And God did that. And King Solomon is known as one of the wisest people to ever live on earth, documented beyond to the scriptures and other cultures and everything, even to this day. And when you study the um, Proverbs and you look into it, he says that wisdom, what he learned, comes from God. And as you studied uh, the Proverbs, he also said, hey, the things that you need to do, here's the wise thing to do in order to find success and uh, live a life that honors God and honors others. Now, even if you're not a Christ follower and you begin to follow these things, uh, you'll find success because that's how much God loves us. That's how much God loves to give good gifts to everyone. And so today, I can't think of a better series to be in, especially for Father's Day, um, because this book, Proverbs, is written so richly in relationships. In fact, it's written mostly uh, from a father giving wisdom to his son and the son learning uh, from the father. And many of us uh, can learn about our relationships that we have because he writes about all types of different relationships that we can have and how to treat people. But he centers on one, I think, of the most important relationships, and that's where we're going to focus today, which is our children. Now, at first you might say, well, hey, wait a second, like if we're going to talk about parents today and their children and everything, don't tune out, Okay. Because a lot of you are grandparents, a lot of you are uncles and aunts or know someone that has a child or you're involved in a child's life. And all of these things can apply to, like I said, any of our relationships because that's the power of God's wisdom. Now, the reason we're gonna focus on this specific, most important relationship with our children is I can't think of a more like critical juncture in our culture right now of what's going on. 
And last summer, I spoke to my niece who was ending her sophomore year in college, and now uh, she's going to be a senior this year. I mean, that's crazy. Like, she just finished her junior year, and now she's going to be a senior this year. Um, And I was talking to a couple of our Razorback friends last summer as well, and I asked them this question. I said to them this. I said, if God were to burden your heart for your generation, what is the battle that your generation is facing where you could help? And this one Razorback said it so well, and I was so surprised because they all pretty much said the same answer. And he pulled out this phone and he said this to me. He said, we were given this at such a young age and there was no one there to help us navigate this. And he went on to say this. He said, you know, we've been given everything. I mean, we've been given great education. We've been given these amazing iPhones. We've been given like club sports or any specialty that we wanted, but yet we are so addicted. And they all use that term. We are so addicted in so many ways to so many things, but we are deeply addicted and we are hurting. We're hurting and we're stuck and we don't know where to turn because there's so many different voices right now. Now, when I heard all of them say that in so many words, the same thing, I mean, it just broke my heart. And so if there is a critical juncture right now is to invest in our children, regardless of your relationship, And Solomon has a lot to say. And so today we're going to be looking at what Solomon has to say and what he learned from God, which is some amazing things. And when we apply them, guess what? It can happen. Like wisdom and learning by itself is useless. We have to have action. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some learnings, but we're going to talk about some action as well. So if you would, turn with me to Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 1 in your Bibles or your smartphone devices. Now, we're going to be jumping around. We're going to be going around from uh, chapters 19 through 23 because Solomon kind of does that. He hops around later on in the uh, book of Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible, always feel free to have one from the back as our gift to you. And then also always uh, download for free the YouVersion Bible app. It's an amazing tool that will help you to get into Scripture and understand it. So go ahead and turn to Proverbs 22.1, and I'll give you a moment to get there. Now, before we dive in, kind of let me lay some groundwork here, Okay. I'm gonna kind of get personal, all right? So if you're like a parent of an adult child, like you're in your 70s, 80s, and even 90s, you have adult children. If you're someone who is like new to parenting, or if, like I said, you're a, you're a friend of someone who has children, um, whether you believe in God or not, like we can all agree upon this thing. We can all agree that we want to have children who are successful, that they are healthy, and that they're making it in life, right? But here's the thing, all right? Here's the kicker. It just doesn't happen. And you know that, all right? And it's hard work and parenting is difficult. And so, especially for those of you who are single parents, like you're my hero, okay? Like if there's one thing that you might need to hear today is you are a hero. 
okay? I can't think of anyone who has to do more on their own to raise children. In fact, I think we should all like celebrate our single parents that are here, definitely. Now, like I said, parenting is hard work, but it comes with failure, all right? Like, it comes with messing up and messing up a bunch and trying to find our way. And then it comes with this weight called guilt. And it's ugly, all right? We have guilt that um, we haven't done enough, um, that we're failing as parents or that we failed as parents. Some of you right now are going through some circumstances where you feel like you have failed or it's too late or you are failing. And I want you to hear this. This has been my prayer this week for you, okay? You are never at a point where it is too late for God to step in. You are never at a point where God can't step in. And so my prayer for you this week and even this morning is that you would just be open, that you would just resign yourself to say, you know what, I've been kind of saying it's too late, it's never too late. And so would you be open to making a commitment by the end of the day, by the end of this message, to saying, God, I'm in. I'm in, all right? So let's dive in and see what Solomon has to say. So Solomon says in Proverbs 22, one, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. And so, you know, as our culture gets crazier and darker, don't we find ourselves living with more fear? Like by a raise of hands, how many of you have more fear in the last couple of years than you've ever had in your entire life? Yep, uh-huh. Isn't that happening? And parents, aren't you like, you know, what should we do in these times? What should we do during these times? Well, Solomon says, choose a good reputation. Basically, he's saying this, start with yourself. Start with yourself. Because at the end of the day, character wins. Character wins. So Solomon, he doesn't focus on our children's character. He focuses on our character first. And so as Jake said last week, I think this is just so important. I love how he said this. He said, you know, we're so tempted to go after like a long life and riches and honor and we bypass wisdom. And he showed us this verse from Solomon uh, who wrote this, Proverbs 3.16. She, that's wisdom, personifying wisdom, um, representing wisdom. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left and so when we embrace wisdom, and he had the couple up here, the married couple up here, and the man embraced his wife, gave her a hug. He said, you know, as we saw that couple, he embraced wisdom. And when you embrace wisdom, you also get long life and riches and honor. But when we go after long life and riches and honor, we end up hurting ourselves. We end up hurting others as well and we really mess ourselves up. But bigger than that, we mess up our relationships, and that's not good. You know, when I was growing up, my dad did a great job of embracing wisdom, okay? Now, when you meet my dad, and some of you did this past fall, he came and uh, was a guest speaker, um, and you just know he loves people. I mean, he loves people, and he doesn't mind me saying this, like, he loves people so much, the more people that you get in the room, he's like a little dog and his tail just like goes off the charts. Like he loves people, okay? And the reason he loves people is because a long time ago, he made the decision to put God first, then his marriage, 
and then us children, and then his career, and then everything else. And so when my dad made that decision, when my mom passed away, unfortunately, very suddenly, a year and a half ago, after being married almost 52 years, he just keeps on going. He keeps on loving people. He keeps on living for the Lord. And it's amazing. And all that time that I was under his roof and still in relationship with him, I never doubted my father's love for me because he made a decision to put us first, to be a parent, to recognize that was his calling. And I'm so grateful he did that. In fact, when you read all the Proverbs concerning children that Solomon wrote about, uh, it sounds a lot like Jesus. Jesus sounds a lot like Proverbs. Oh, wait, wisdom comes from the Lord, right? And so uh, I love how Jesus said this. This is how he described how important children are. In Mark chapter 9, verse 36, then he, Jesus, put a little child among them, and them is his disciples. The disciples at the time were arguing, like, who's the best? I'm the best. No, I'm the best, and everything. And Jesus makes this big point, and we should, like, tune in and listen, okay? Because he made this point in front of his disciples who were arguing, basically, who's the most important out of this group. And he said this, taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. Basically, Jesus is saying, when you welcome a child into your life, into your life, okay, you welcome me. That's powerful. That's basically saying children are from God and he values children. No matter who you are, no matter how old you are, he values all children. And so if you have a child, you were called to be that child's parent. It's your calling. It's your purpose. Will it cost you something? It will. You'll have to give up some things. You'll have to be less self-centered. All right, But if you embrace the words of Jesus, you'll be setting up a solid foundation like I experienced with my dad, which was amazing. So you've got to start with yourself, okay? That's the first thing. Many of you need to make that decision. Many of you have made that decision. But may, maybe you're in the audience today and you need to kind of re-ante up and make that decision. Because here's the thing, when you look at all that Solomon said, he boils it down to start with yourself and then here's four actions. When you read all the Proverbs concerning children, it's almost four actions, kind of almost a fifth one. I'll, I'll show that to you in a second as well. But he says, hey, if you take action, if you listen to my words, then over time, we will become the greatest influence in our children's lives rather than someone else. But it has to take action to be able to do that. And so we're gonna get very action-oriented here as we begin. And so the first action is this. What's this word? Say it out loud. Encourage. Encourage. Sounds simple, but here we go. Let's unpack that together, all right? So 
In Proverbs 22, 11, it says, whoever, and I chose this passage on purpose, even though it doesn't say children, he has a lot of things about encouraging children. But the reason I wanted to choose this, and you'll, you'll see this in a second, it drives a, a huge point home for us. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. So basically Solomon is saying, hey, a king loves it, craves it when there is a person who is truly for the king and not trying to just flatter me, okay? Not trying to flatter the king. Most people are trying to like get something from the king, but a king loves it when there is a person with pure motives who is genuinely trying to help the king, be honest with the king, uh, being thoughtful in the words that they're expressing for the king and with the king because life is already tough enough. That's the way that we are to be with our children. All right. Don't we all want genuine encouragement? You know, if you have a pulse, you need encouragement. Do you remember that uh, fable? Six and stones breaks my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie, right? As soon as I said that, there are many of you in this audience who can remember and recall vividly some words that were said to you that were deeply cutting and hurtful. And so here's some other words that we see and here as well. And unfortunately, some of us use these words, okay? And so here's some of the words that we hear. Uh, sarcasm. Well, look who decided to grace us with her presence and only 10 minutes late this time. Or we use things like name calling. You're such an idiot for acting that way in front of our guests. Or another one, disgust. Wipe that stupid looking grin off your face. Or shaming, I think boys would be more attracted to you if you lost a few pounds. Or swearing, you are such a dumb and fill in the blank. You know, I hear this and worse out at our baseball fields and by parents. It's crazy, crazy. Just go watch one little league baseball game, all right? And your mind will be blown of what you will hear. Now, maybe some of you don't use that, but here's something that kind of seeps through and we don't realize like the power of words until we kind of pause. Words can also create labels. And here's some of the labels that are a little more subtle. He's shy. And all of a sudden, everyone says that and just says, oh, well, he's shy. She's awkward, grows up with that. He's my wild child. So we're gonna let him behave like that. She's not good with people. He's not very coordinated, so he can't play a sport, right? Do you know how many people that I sit down with that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they pretty much say, hey, here's this label that was given to me in so many words, and I'm still struggling to disconnect from that label. They may not use words like that, but they are. And that's the challenge. Because on the surface, it doesn't look mean-spirited, right? You know? But the power of our words, whoo. It's like this. You know, if we want to constantly be on their case and never encouraging, we are conditioning our children to avoid us. Let me say that again. All right? If we are constantly on their case and not encouraging, then we are conditioning our children to avoid us. And so they will find people or outlets and that will pay attention to them and they will soak it in and be influenced by them. Now, don't answer this out loud, 
But are your children hanging with you? Do they enjoy being around you? And if they are not, why is that? Why is that? Let's just think about that. Let's continue. So the first action, and say it with me, is what? It's, all right, come on, better than that. What is it? All right, we're on to action. All right, the second action, again, is what we need to add to our repertoire of actions, okay? Uh, If we want to become the greatest influence in the life of our children, not someone else, because someone else will, the second one is? There you go, be present. Now, I'm curious, by a raise of hands, how many of you have ever been like out to eat and you like see a family of four and they're all on their like devices? And uh, yeah, and no one's talking, but everybody's on their devices. Raise your hand if you've seen that. Yeah, I mean, everybody has seen that. Now, raise your hands if you've seen like a family like all of a sudden texting and you get this, like they look up <laughs> and they laugh and they text back and forth because they're texting back and forth. How many of you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, be honest, how many of you done that? Yeah, come on, I know, all right, all right. So now, how about this one? How many of you go to like your dad or your mom and they're like in their 70s and even 80s and they used to talk your ear off, but now when you enter in their home, it's like silence because they're on Facebook, right? Like, it's like they won't even talk to you. They are on Facebook making so many posts and the younger generation's like, I don't wanna be on Facebook, you know? I mean, are we kidding, you know? That's how like habit forming it is. Now, um, here's the interesting point. Um, Growing up, my dad did an amazing job of like attending my baseball games and my volleyball games. And I played a lot of baseball and I played a lot of volleyball as well. Now, he didn't make every single one of them and I was fine with that, okay? Because when he did, he was entering into my world. He was entering into the, my interests. Now, if you know my dad, like, he's not a sports guy at all. He's not athletic, okay? He does not like watching sports. He never threw the ball with me in the backyard. He never, like, took me out for hitting lessons or anything like that. I was just, like, gifted at it, and he didn't know what to do with that. But here's what I appreciated about my dad. He made it to my games with me knowing that. And every game, he would say, I enjoyed watching you. I enjoyed watching you. And it meant the world to me. I know my dad didn't like sports, but it meant the world to me. Now, here's what that did, okay? When my dad did that, okay, here's what that set up. His presence set up the opportunity when those critical moments in my life happen, and they will happen to everyone, for him to be able to give me guidance, okay? And so when life happened and there were critical moments, guess who I turned to? Dad, because dad was there. And it's exactly what Solomon says. And Solomon in Proverbs 22, six says, direct your children unto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And so the key to being able to direct your children is by being present consistently, okay? Sometimes there's this myth of like, hey, I'm gonna spend quality time with my kids. No, they're looking for quantity. I said that correctly. They're not looking for quality, they're looking for quantity. And they're looking for quantity in their world, 
in their interests, not ours, okay? You may be able to open up the door at some point and invite them into your world and your hobbies, but they're, they've got interests, they've got giftings. You've got to find that out. That's your job to find out what they're good at and to flourish it, to add fuel to the fire. That's what he's doing. And in those moments, you'll be able to speak into their lives. You'll be able to guide them. You'll be able to tell them about God. You'll be able to demonstrate they want to follow you. Now, here's the point. There's a lot of you who are single parents. When you hear that, you go, how can I give more time? Here's the cool part, okay? When you are there consistently and you're giving quantity as much as your schedule can, they kind of give you double credit, sometimes triple credit. There's tons of studies that support that because they know you're working hard. Now, that's not an excuse, but they understand that life is tough in that situation. So our first action is what? Encourage. There we go, getting you back on track. Second one is? All right, and the third one is? I can. Now, that has two meanings wrapped in it because Solomon kind of did that with this one passage, but in other ways, it's kind of separated out. So I'm going to tackle both because both are just important, but he kind of wraps it up in this one. In Proverbs 19:18, it says discipline, which is, again, either corrective or like responsibility, your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Isn't it interesting that we can remember the times when we were corrected and it was the right kind of correction, right, when we were young? And we sure enjoyed being corrected when we were young, much rather than being older, right? Like, be honest, you know? Like, the spanking was better earlier than like, oh, yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so when my parents disciplined me, like, I knew I was doing wrong, okay? <laughs> like... I'm not resentful to them. I'm not like spiteful or anything because here's what they did. They did it out of care and concern, not out of anger. They did it out of care and concern. Some of you are like, oh, there's the D word, discipline, okay? You can do it out of care and concern for your child. And so the first meaning of I can is I can discipline my child out of genuine care and concern. All right. The second one is of I can is connected again, like creating responsibility, okay, within our children. Solomon says it better in this way, Proverbs twenty two fifteen. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it far away. The physical discipline is work. So today everything is easy. I mean, come on, it's easy. It really is. We have so many devices, so many gadgets, so many like, you know, Siri, are you there? Show me the directions, Alexa. I mean, come on, you know? We did not grow up on farms where you had to work because that's the only way to put food on the table. There's hardly anybody left who experienced that, okay? And so we complain about these younger generations. We're like, oh, they're lazy. You know, instead of complaining, why don't we just get creative, all right? So at my house, like, we do some things very intentionally when they were all uh, little kids. So I have a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, 9-year-old, and 7-year-old, okay? One girl, three boys. <clears throat> so at a young age, we're like, hey, let's find age-appropriate tasks to help build responsibility into them. And so we came up with a song. I don't think we came up with it. If I start singing it, like you'll start joining me, like clean up, clean up. 
everyone do their part, clean up. Yeah, yeah, see, you know it. And so guess what? My first three kids, when you start singing that, they smile. My fourth one doesn't because we didn't have to sing it because he just like did it because everybody was cleaning up every night, including mom and dad, okay? That's the power of influence. And it was really cool to see that happen. And then there's been other age-appropriate responsibilities that we've uh, assigned to them because guess what? There are no chores at my house. There are no allowances that are given. Instead, there's work and it's assigned to you, but you get work pay, okay? Because in life, guess what happens? You work and you get, there you go. Why not start that young? They love getting paid. They love doing work, all right? Because they get paid. Then there's family jobs, and you don't get paid for that, all right? So <clears throat> there's just family jobs, and everyone helps on family jobs, including me. And so that's what you do. So I suggest get creative. Come up with some things that fit you, that fit your family and everything. You might even consider, like, for lawn care, instead of, like, paying somebody else to mow your lawn, like, get your kids involved. You go out there. You assign them, like, hey, you mow the lawn. I just showed you how to do that. You weed whack. It's a whole lot easier. Okay? All right? So get creative. Have fun together. Some of you, I suggest, you know, you get a maid to clean your house or, you know, I'm sorry, not a maid, but, you know, whatever the te new technical name is. Sorry, that just came out of nowhere. But anyways, <clears throat> you pay tons of money for that. Why isn't, like, the entire family just chipping in? Why isn't that a family job? And why don't you, like, have fun, learn a lot of things. They learn how to clean. They learn how to take care of their houses one day and everything because that's all we really do is take care of houses and cars. That's about it nowadays. Um, you, hardly any horses, any cows anymore, okay? So <clears throat> help them become experts in taking care of their houses and cars, all right? Because that's what we all do. And go out to dinner and have fun. All the money you save, look what you can do. Create amazing memories together and have fun. Because here's what's happened. Over the years, here's the cool attitude that I've seen on my kids. It's this, I can own it and do it. I can own it and do it. Uh, my wife just ordered like this bookshelf, uh, really cool thing. And uh, my son, who's 11, Trevor, we've been putting together like IKEA type furnitures here and there. And I've been training him on how to do that. Here's an Allen wrench, put it right there. You know, hey, I'm not that, you know, you know, good at tools and everything, but I can use an Allen wrench, okay? Um, but anyways, <clears throat> he's like, dad, can I put that together? I'm like, you know what, son? go right ahead. And you know how painful Ikea furniture is, you know? So it was like, go right ahead. He did an amazing job. He did it better than me and did it faster than me, all right? And so it was awesome to watch him do that and have success and be proud and say, mom, look what I did for you. That was cool. That was a moment where an 11-year-old son is saying, mom, I did this for you, you know? So have fun create responsibility, create, be okay with I can discipline, okay? So we've got encourage, we've got be present, I can, and the last one, create memories, okay? Solomon says this in Proverbs 27. He says, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. So basically Solomon is saying that a person who lives with integrity is not self-centered, it's so important. They're not self-centered. And our lives are not about us, okay? 
It's not about the pursuit of trying to have fame or wealth or riches or any of those things for ourselves. The only way that we can ensure walking with godly integrity and creating positive memories with our children is when we embrace the one who laid down his life for us, who made the ultimate self-sacrifice. That's our model. That's who we look to. If there's a person who treats people well, guess what? It's the one who gave his life for everyone. For everyone. Not just anyone, but everyone. Okay? Jesus said this. Someone greater than Solomon is here. And he was referring to himself. Paul, who saw Jesus come back to life from the dead and had an encounter with him, who like Paul used to put Christians to death, said this after becoming a Christ follower about Jesus. He said, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. If you break that down, Christ is the power. Christ is the wisdom. Christ is wisdom. And what did Solomon say? That he learned wisdom from the Lord. Wow. So, are we gonna make mistakes as parents? Absolutely, we do, all right? Are we gonna mess up? Yes. Do we need to ask our kids for forgiveness? If you ask my kids, I have done that and been some, okay? All right, humble ourselves. We make mistakes, we will mess up, but when your children see that, it's a beautiful thing. It allows them to see that they don't have to be perfect. It allows them to see that you're not perfect, but what you wanna do is that the relationship is really important that your relationship with them is super, super important. So God can help us create more positive memories than the negative ones. When we follow his actions, that's what happens, okay? So let's create many great moments and memories because over time our children will see us consistently walking with God and we will become their greatest influence in their lives. And as we go through this parenting road, we can call upon God and he will give us guidance as we walk with him daily. That's a promise, that's what he will do. So how do we, if we boil it all down, set our children up for success? Well, like we learned, it starts with us, okay? It starts with us. Like, are you at a spot where you're like finally going, hey, you know what? I need some help. I don't know how to do this thing. Hey, we're all in the same circles, all right? Are you like Solomon, King Solomon, who when he came to the throne said, Lord, I need help. And he called upon God and asked for help. And God answered him and helped him all along the way. Are you so over your head that you don't know what to do? And so we've got a great resource. We've got um, a staff member, Carolyn Hussey, who is our care and counseling director, and she will meet with you and she will listen and she will point you in the right direction. So if that's a step that you need to take, then take that step and you'll be able to take that in a moment here. And then for uh, the second step that we need to do is it's time for action, okay? Wisdom without action is useless. It's useless. And so we need to be epic, all right, I don't know if you caught that like during this whole entire message, okay? But it's there and I'll show it to you in a second. You know, the Razorbacks had their like cool like chant and stuff and I was like trying to think like how can I beat that and everything? But I would say, hey, Solomon would say, let's be epic, okay? Let's be 
the person that encourages, be present. I can in discipline and responsibility and create memories. I can create memories because that's the most important thing, right? To point them towards God and create amazing moments, amazing moments. So here's what I want you to do. Here's kind of like the summer, like check it off the list type thing because some of you are like action oriented, which is great. You need to look at this list. What's one thing that you need to work on this summer, okay? Maybe some of you, you need to be more intentional with being encouraging. And the only way to become more encouraging is to check your heart with God. And often the people who are like super negative are those who need to practice gratitude. There's some hurt, there's something in their lives that they're upset about, and they don't take into account all the amazing things that are happening around them. So if that's you, maybe you need to journal with God and pray and write down all the ways that he has done so much in your life and what others have done in your life. And then you exhibit more encouragement to others. For others of you, be present. Like, get off the technology, okay? This generation is actually starting to go towards flip phones. I don't know if you know that, but they are. Seriously, that is not a joke, okay? Like, seriously, they are tired of being connected all the time. Some of them are. And they would rather have a flip phone. Some of you need to trade in your phone for a flip phone, okay? You need to be present. You need to be present. So consider that. Others, I can. I can discipline. I can discipline out of care and concern. You're not going to chase your child away. They know when they're wrong. Come on. Trust me. You were all kids. You know when you were wrong. All right? And I can. I can teach them responsibility. There are skills that you have that you can teach them and do it alongside of them, and then they would love to do that because then it creates memories. It creates many memories. So some of you need to work on those things. But the creating memories, we've got an entire summer in front of us. It's about quantity, not quality. So what are things that you can do to rearrange your schedule to spend time with God, spend time in your marriage, and be a great parent and put the job forth? Ooh, did I just say that? I did. All right? It's time. What return do you get on that? Now, work your tail off, okay? But there are three other things at risk. There are three other things at risk, and one of them is the most important, and that's your children. That's this generation that's at risk. So will we do this perfectly? No. We won't, okay? But if we continue to do these four actions consistently, then we will be epic with our children. With the next generation, we'll be epic. With this generation, we will be epic. We need some of you to be epic dads. We need some of you to be epic moms. We need epic grandparents. We need epic grandma, epic grandpa. We need epic uncles and aunts. We need epic coaches. We need epic teachers. We need epic students. This generation is saying that they are hurting. They're hurting. They're addicted. But the only way to get in their world is not tell them to get out of their world, is to get into their world. So stop saying, oh, they just need to stop doing that. You get in their world. God is calling this group of people to be epic in their lives. We need to do that together. We need to do that together. So I'm going to close in prayer. 
And we're going to make that commitment. Are you willing to answer that question? So if you would, would you go ahead and stand? We're going to pray. Then we're going to sing an amazing song. But in this time, I'm going to ask you to make a few commitments as we pray. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for coming after us, God. It's amazing what you did to come up from heaven to come to this world, to chase us, pursue us, never give up on us, Jesus. You provide us with wisdom. You echo the same words as you echoed a long time ago through Solomon. It's written for us. Lord, it starts with us. There's some people right here, right now, they know that, they've given up. And so Father, if that's a person in this room, would they simply say at this time, would they just simply pray in their hearts, God, I'm recommitting. I'm recommitting and getting back in the game. The bell has been rung and I'm in. Lord, I don't know how to do this thing. I don't know how to influence kids, but I'm going to be epic. I'm going to be epic in this person's life. And so Father, would they make that commitment right now? For others of us, we need to work on one of these four things. There's something that just shined out today and it's like, ooh, I need to do that. It's okay, we all mess up, we're not perfect. God, you never look for perfection, you always look for progress. So may we get in the game. So if you're that person, would you just simply say, God, would you help me with and fill in the blank? Would you teach me how to be an encourager? Would you help me to be present? May I put away technology? What is it really doing? God, help me that I can. I can discipline. I can teach responsibility. That my children are yearning for that. Father, I can create memories. And so, Father, help us to be epic. Help us to change a generation. Right now, God, you're calling someone, you're calling all of us to be epic. But I want to specifically focus on our college students, God. God, would you help them to simply say, God, send me. Send me back to my campus to make a difference. That is their world. They are close to their friends. So may they take this time seriously to learn from you and then go and apply all they have to do is say, I'm willing. God, would you send all of us? You're calling us, you're calling every person in this room to be epic in our children's life in this generation right now. So we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.